Breaking the cycle to step forward. Authentic conversations from lived experience and a professional perspective in overcoming abuse with Chris Tuck and Beverly Ann. Hello and welcome to Breaking the Cycle to Step Forward podcast. I'm Beverly Ann and I'm joined by Chris Tuck. Hi everyone. Hello and this week's podcast is a special edition and it's part three and it's a follow-up to the independent inquiry into child sexual abuse final reports otherwise known as the ICSA and Chris you are very much involved with the ICSA and I know for the other podcasts that we spoke about the ICSA report we've mentioned but it would be really good if you just very quickly in a nutshell just remind some of our um, previous listeners and also allow our new listeners to hear what your involvement actually was. Yep, so I'm one of the seven person panel that was recruited. It was originally eight people, but it ended up being seven people by the end of it. Were recruited in 2015 to um, form a panel of victim and survivors who had lived experience across the board, but also who were professionals and who had um, represented victim and survivors through the organisations that they ran, or for me, it was because I was on social media and I was running a peer-to-peer -peer support group on social media so that I could use, share as many victim survivors' voices and experiences as possible to feed into the inquiry. So basically you had to have a mandate in order to apply to the inquiry to have a position on this panel. And we started in 2015, and obviously we saw the inquiry out to its end. So me personally, I was involved in, with the inquiry for nearly eight years. And that was also through what we know as the Truth Project part of the inquiry, wasn't it? Yeah, so everybody on my panel, the VSCP panel, we sort of um, picked areas of expertise or areas of um, interest where we could add most value. So for me personally, the whole of the VSCP was involved in creating the Truth Project pathway with professionals and then testing the whole pathway out to make sure it was fit for purpose for victim and survivors coming forwards and sharing their lived experience. So for me, it was really important that um, once we had created the pathway and the process to actually test that out by going through it myself along with my sister, and I know you went through it as well, um, and lots of other victim survivors that I know also took part. So not only did we share our lived experiences, the impact of those lived experiences, we also shared what needs to change for victim and survivors of today and tomorrow so that they get a better response to the fact that they've been sexually abused as children or young adults. Absolutely and as you said I did take part in the Truth Project and I don't mind sharing that I also went further and I waived my anonymity and it went forward so that I made a, um, a statement with the police and that's all I can say can't say anything further than that so yes I did take part so we're doing this podcast because now yes the report 
was released, the findings of the report, but then Suella Braverman last week on Monday the 22nd of May released her thoughts and findings of how the recommendations put forward by the report, how they were going to go forward from a government point of view. And this is where, Chris, would you like to share what some of those were and your thoughts yourself? So the VSCP met with Suella Braverman um, probably six weeks ago, just to press home how important the recommendations, the 20 recommendations that was published in the final report, how important they were as a package. They couldn't be pulled apart and one put here, one put there, because otherwise the broken system that we already have will just have plasters stuck on it. And the system over time, with more and more people coming forward, will just break down even more. And it's already not fit for purpose. That was the whole point of the inquiry. Um, all of these victim survivors being let down by all of these different institutions because they either work in silos, i.e. by themselves, they don't work together um, to the better protection and the better support and the better response to child sexual abuse and exploitation. They work in silos. Um, so it was about just making sure that she really understood that it was a package of measures and they all need to, needed to be implemented to overhaul the way that we respond to child sexual abuse and exploitation in England and Wales. So we delivered that message and we explained why. Last Monday, the date that you said, 22nd of May, we again met up with Suella Braverman before they published their report. We didn't know what was in it because everybody didn't know what was in it until it was actually published. Um, she wanted to know what our thoughts were, but at the same time wouldn't tell us what was in it in detail. So we sort of knew like the headlines. And again, we said, it's a package of measures. If you try and just implement one here or there, like I've just explained, it's not going to work. It's not going to best protect children and young people that are being abused today, sexually abused and exploited today. Um, and also, where is this response to the adult victim and survivors that took part in the inquiry throughout its seven years? The VSCP, the Victim Survivors Forum, the core participants who took part in the investigations, every single one of us, where is the response to us? So the inquiry obviously was directed at children, but it used the voice of the adults who often are still living in their, with their inner child. Yeah. So you That's can expand on that in a moment because you know what I'm saying here. And I think you're more eloquent in saying what I mean. So I'll give you time to say that whilst I uh, defuse a little bit. 
Absolutely. And thank you, because one of the things I wanted to say that they heard not only voices through the Truth Project, but there were also additional voices heard through the independent inquiry on its on its own footing, because to to get two pathways for stories to be heard, wasn't there? It was, but what people need to remember is that the inquiry had three parts to it. It was the public hearings, which was about victim survivors who were abused within institutions. Yes. Yep. And the Truth Project captured not only that cohort of people, but also the people like us that had been let down by institutions. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And also then the third arm was the research arm, which did research into loads of different areas that have never had that kind of academia and research done before. And what the research arm did was looked across all inquiries, looked across all papers, all literature that's ever been written about mm. child sexual abuse and exploitation and then filled the gaps. Yes, and I wanted wanted to clarify that for anyone listening, because it's challenging enough, that I am, you know, for yourself, and you've been involved in it, and I'm on the outside looking at it, for, and I know what it's like. So, just wanted to clarify that. And last clarification is, this is also the voices are the tip of the iceberg. This is not just who were abused. This was a section. Because with any inquiry, you can't, unfortunately, capture everybody. But this was a section of voices which is representative of a much larger picture, too. And I just want to cover that as well. And whilst you're on figures, listening to Alexis J on Women's Hour the other day, it was saying one in six girls and one in 20 boys have suffered child sexual abuse before the age of 16. One in six girls, one in 20 boys. And the ONS stats from March 2020 state 3.1 million adults have experienced child sexual abuse before the age of 16. And again, tip of the iceberg, because no one truly knows the scale and the scope of this prevalence, this epidemic that we have within our society. And that's backed up because also is it can only be based on the figures of those people coming forward. And we say that because I'll be very honest, I was one of those people. Yes, I came forward, but that was in protection of some of actions of my father to prevent him abusing other children. And that wasn't when I was younger. That was when I was about 30, 28, 30, not about 28. And also after the Truth Project, I spoke about another person. So that was into my 50s, just I was just turning 50. So I want people to understand this because not everybody will speak out about it either. So again, we're just talking about one in 20 is um, a figure that's recorded from those people that have come forward, but it's not necessarily true in the way that it could be a whole lot more. 
Well, we know, don't we, Bev, and I've said this so many times, that the Children's Commissioner back in 2015, when she published her report on child sexual abuse in the intrafamilial setting, like the family setting, she said only one out of eight children are yep. known to the authorities. Yes. So that's another way of looking at the underreporting of this horrific crime. Yes. And this is where, as you said earlier, I'll share some insight into that. Myself and my siblings were under a court order from the age I was the age of four through to 18. So in 14 years, I had 13 different social workers, two different children's homes, fostered, and not once was did anybody ask about sexual abuse and we were under a court order for child negligence so that's not pointing fingers it it's fact that's what happened still very very feel blessed and it is something that people find challenging to hear but I do feel blessed that I was taken into care but I was regularly returned to where the abuse was happening and that was shared yeah, yeah, I've that heard was... that story so many times, Bev, really. And I'm, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. But it also happened to my family members, not my immediate yes. family, but another. I, I, can't, I don't want to um, identify. So no. another group of family people close to yes. me that exactly yeah. the same yeah. as what happened to you happened to them. So how many other families did it happen to? Absolutely. So, and this is what's important. And it was something I also shared last Monday on Channel 5 News yeah. in response to Suella Braverman. Because like you said earlier, we want to hear what it is that Suella has in mind, but not only hear what she has in mind, how is it going to go forward? What does it look like? Oh, right. So. Obviously, I've printed it all off. So in the final report, there was 20 recommendations and the headline news everywhere was, and even she said, we're accepting 19 out of the 20 recommendations. So you sit there and you go, thank God, someone's listening, someone's taking action. Bravo, bravo, bravo. Yeah. Until you start reading the detail. Okay. Um, the government response. Now, when you read the actual executive summary and the foreword, it all sounds brilliant. You couldn't write it any better, apart from the first line on the foreword. No crime is more horrific than the sexual exploitation and abuse of children. Yeah. Even there, there's a mistake there. And I hope I don't get anyone's backs up. But child sexual abuse is the umbrella term. Exploitation is a subset of child sexual abuse. OK, so even there, they're getting it round the wrong way. OK, so it's just like I picked this up today to read and I just thought, really? Anyway, it doesn't matter. The topic of child sexual abuse and exploitation is what we're talking about. And she goes on and on about, you know, how we can't ignore it. We can't put it back into the dark corner. We've got to open it up. We've got to explore it. 
and victim and survivors, they deserve redress, they deserve support, mandatory reporting needs to come in. We've created a child protection ministerial group so there'd be more representation at the minister level across all government departments. So it sounds fantastic, okay? Sounds like something that that's what we need, that's what we want. However, listening to Professor Jay and also the conversations that I've had with my colleagues around all of this, because of ESCP and Alexis Jay, we um, published or released a joint statement to say that we was disappointed in this response. And the main reason being is that the recommendations are very specific to target issues or failures across the board, yeah? But the government's response is very vague. It's not specific and there's no timelines, yeah? So that's number one. Number two, she's put out, the government response, Suella Bradman put out that they want to do a call for evidence, a full public consultation into mandatory reporting and redress. And you'd think, yeah, that's great. Nothing wrong with that. I can't understand why there's nothing wrong with that. But the work has already been done. As Alexis J said, it just needs to be implemented. We don't need to be redoing all of this work. And this is where there is a lot of money wasted. There is a lot of overwhelmed by people involved in all of this because they've already told you yeah we've all come forward they've had all these research projects going on they've done the investigations the final report and all of the published reports before that on all of the different specific areas we've done the work that's what the millions and millions of pounds were spent on to do the work we've done the work it's been published. You don't need to do any more work. What you might need to do is dot the I's and cross the T's and work out any sticky areas that are not quite as clean cut as they may be. Um, because whenever people in power come up with policies, they always forget the people on the front line doing the actual work. So if you come up with a policy, but you've not consulted the person on the front line doing the work, often that policy can't work because mm. it just it just won't work. But we've done all of that work already. The inquiry's done all of that work. So the Professor Jay said, come on, government, think about this again. Enact all of the recommendations without delay. That is why we're wound up by all of this, because as some victim and survivors said, they feel gaslighted. They feel like this is just kicking the can down the road. Yeah. We need action now. Now. And, and for anybody listening, we can put the link in with um, Professor Alexis J speaking on Women's Hour because yeah. that's a really interesting yeah. interview. What did you make of it? Yeah. So what did you think, Bev, about Alexis J on Women's Hour? I found the interview really interesting um, and it was really good. Well, I say good. I did get frustrated. 
what in what you, you were saying, about? in what you were saying <laughs> just there yourself, because for anybody taking part in an inquiry like this, whenever you're retelling your story um, and you're telling it in detail, it is always very challenging. You're going back to an experience that you don't want to share. You don't want, definitely don't want to relive, but you appreciate you have to share to enable this research to happen. And you and I share our story on here. You know, we share it in public places and we only do an overview and we know how we have to look after ourselves after that. So to hear, as Alexis J said, that the government said that they wanted to look into further research. What do you think you've just been handed? And no, not only that, a call for evidence and a full public consultation. That we just that, don't need it. It's my ridiculous. stomach is like, what more do you want when you've yeah, got exactly. all that evidence? How yeah. many more voices? And I am passionate about it as as we both are, because it's like, it what what do you actually mean? And it really feels like, okay, thank you. Yeah, these are the core words I'm gonna say. I'm gonna acknowledge it, push it to the side, and maybe they'll go away. And it's a familiar, familiar feeling that as an adult surviving childhood sexual abuse that you start to feel from back then, I just feel that unheard, pushed away. Or you're just, as you said, sharing and resharing what you've been through and it's not going anywhere, it's to no avail. Um, and the important, thing for me with the actual report is that you can't argue with its contents because it's there in black and white yeah the scale the scope the impact of those that came forward the impact what needs to change it's all there you can't argue with it it's yet, research it's fact. We, we need more we need more really yes so that was frustrating. And not only that, and I'm going to bring it up and I'm going to say it. When the final report was published, Liz Trust, the MP on that day, obviously, was deplatformed and she was no longer our PM. She resigned, basically. Exactly. On that, on that Resi day. Resigned or pushed. Okay. Yep. Okay. All right. So that was very frustrating because all of the press that had been set up to bring the inquiry into the public domain for everybody to under, understand its significance, it was all downplayed. It sort of like lost its, it just lost any momentum that it had going for it. And then again, last Monday, what was happening when she was delivering the final, like the government's response to it? The parking ticket. Yeah, or speeding, speeding fine. fine. Yeah, yeah but that's, that's a non-story. Yeah. Child sexual abuse and exploitation and the way that we've let down victim and survivors over the decades and also how we're failing children today, that's news, but it was overshadowed by a speeding And can I story. just give you a caveat there as well? The story that I shared, it got three minutes on Channel 5 News and it was very well put together. I will actually say that. But just so our listeners know, it took two and a half hours to mm -hmm. record. 
Yeah. And that's ensuring that legal things were in place, etc. So if people are hearing us being frustrated, we are very frustrated because there was airtime that was allocated. And this isn't against the the news channel because it was media wise, but there's there's space being given to a, a speeding ticket that actually has been paid. It's gone. It's gone. That was a non-story from a long time ago. This was important, and yet it wasn't given the respect and the that it deserved. Yeah. <sighs> so yeah, there we go. So obviously, if people want to read the, oh, how many pages is it? Oh, there's no page numbers. Um, but we'll but put the links. We'll yeah, put the links a, in anyway. 144 paragraphs of of detail anyway and they literally as I said they do their in this report there is the um forward there is the executive summary and then they've listed each of the recommendations and what the government's response is to each one and it's just as I said very weak no deadlines no specific detail just we're gonna yeah we accept we accept this recommendation um but we're going to do our own investigation our own own consultations and we'll get back to you that's why we said we were deeply disappointed i understand that And and from the um the vscp panel yeah what are the next steps now? When will be the follow-up? What happens? Because you've you're actually not part of the the ICSA report now. Anyway, that there is nobody, is there? There's no inquiry now. It, no. It's finished. It finished. Its official date was the thirty first of March, twenty three, when it finished. You know, we finished back in October, November, but the actual inquiry finished end of March. Um, and so the only way we have any say over what the government's response is, is to keep lobbying them, is to keep in contact with them like we have done, and to hold them accountable. So the VSCP, not only are we um, collaborating with Alexis J and some other people that were involved in the inquiry to keep an eye on and keep them accountable, We've also joined up with the ICSA Changemakers, which are a group at the moment of like 64 organisations and individuals that work in child protection, like NSPCC, like Childline, all those kind of organisations, Internet Watch Foundation. We've all joined together as one huge force and called ourselves the ICSA Changemakers, and we will be keeping an eye on what the government's response is. Now, when we met Suella Braverman last Monday, Monday the 22nd, um, we did say that we, as the VSCP, wanted to work with the government to keep it all on track because we've invested seven years, five to seven, eight years of our lives into all of this, and we know it inside and out. Um, So they can call upon us to advise them, to consult with whatever, whatever it it turns out to be. Um, But after we've now come out publicly and said we were not happy with their response, they need to do it as a package of of recommendations. 
in order to address everything that's been highlighted and deal with it properly. Um, who knows whether they're going to listen to us anymore because we've been critical of them. We know just by what we're seeing on media and social media at the moment, Beverly, that if you go against the mainstream narrative or the narrative that people want to put out there, you get cancelled, you don't get consulted. So let's see. Let's wait and see. Well, That's all I'd I can like say to at think, the moment. I'd like to thank for everybody who's taken part of that, for all those other people that wanted to take part but unfortunately were unable to, for the children today and the adults today who are victims, survivors. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling for words if I'm really yeah. honest because to think that here we are and we haven't got a next step in place, a definitive next step is so frustrating and disheartening. It is, but the only thing I can say is that there's people like me, the VSCP, the Victims Forum, Victim Survivors Forum, the civil servants that were involved, all of these other organisations that work with children, people like yourself, all of us together collectively, we need to be having these conversations with everyone and anyone that we know so that we can wake them up to what is going, what's happened, what is going on, and get more and more voices brought to the table and just say, and hold the government to account. Because even if this government does what it does, there will be another government potentially in a year's time, and we might have to start all over again. I'm hoping not, because this should be a cross-party. There should be cross-party political will here to deal with this. Yes. Yeah? And... We do know of some really good MPs like Sarah Champion, for example, that is in the corner fighting for this, has been the whole way through. Um, I don't want to go conservative, Labour, anyone in between. That doesn't, I don't want to go there. I'm not that or that. I want whoever's in power to work with whoever's not in power to come together and push this stuff through because that's how important it is. And when you've got people like us around banging on the doors and not letting this go, it, something will happen because we're not letting it go. So no. please have hope. I know we've lost a little bit of hope with this response. Yeah. However, the fact that they've got a final report published out there the fact that they have responded to it in the way that they have and the fact that there is this ongoing consultation um holding to account it's not going to go backwards it's definitely going to progress forwards but we've all got to take a we've all got to play a part in this Bev is what I'm trying to say Absolutely. And and it is something, you know, thank you so much for the time you invest in this as well, Chris, above and beyond. And I know that, from the, you know, what I know you do without what you publicly do as well. So, yes, it is a disappointment, but that doesn't mean to say, oh, that's it. The door's shut. No, the door's not shut. It means, not. OK, we hear you. We don't necessarily agree like or agree with your response but in all negotiation this happens and yes. we haven't come this far to just go away it's like 
we will continue. So anybody listening, please don't be downhearted. We would love to hear your feedback. Absolutely would. And we will be putting in the links for the ICSA report. We'll also do it for the final report that Chris has got in her hands there. We'll also add in, there's a clip of me on the news. We can add in that. And is there anything else to add at the moment? Um, the Alexis J interview on Wednesday yes. hour. Um, and yes. also, because they have put out the call for mandatory reporting, if you feel you're able to, please go and take part in the consultation just so that you have your say, either for the first time or again. Okay, and is there a link people can yes, there access? Is. Yeah, yeah, we put that all in, all down below. Yes. But can I just say before we wrap up or before we change the subject a little bit, um, we wanted a child protection agency. We wanted a minister for child protection. Yeah. We wanted redress. We wanted mandatory reporting. We wanted specialist support. They were the really the main, I would say, five out of those 20. Um, and obviously they've um, said yes to three out of those five, which is great. But it's the Child Protection Agency and the Minister that give a specific focus to child protection rather yes. than it being or um, a few department heads or a few ministers being responsible for dealing with it. And then it becomes nobody's problem. We yes. need one point of contact. We need clear leadership and we need someone to be held accountable for all of this. Now, when I said to Suella Braverman that, she goes, well, it's too big for one minister. It's too big for one person. And it's better that we have a cross section or a cross department of ministers to deal with it. And I said, but there's still not one person resp ultimately responsible. And she turned around and she said, um, well, that's me. And I said, so we can hold you. I can hold you accountable. Can I come and knock on your door when this is not being sorted? Or equally, if it does get sorted as per the final report, can I knock on your door and shake your hand? Either way, you're responsible. She said, yes, I am. So, well yeah, but the thing is, Bev, that's fine if she's still in power. I, I know. I know. But well done for saying that, because you actually got an answer out of, I hate to say it, a politician that normally they try and bat off. So the fact that you said, yes, she said, yes, you can actually well done. But you know what, Beverly, as well, you see her on the TV and she comes across how she comes across. You meet her in person and genuinely, I feel that she's got a genuine interest in making sure that this all happens. And it. It felt to me like it was the other departments within government, because, you know, there's massive departments, mm. health, social care, education, all of these massive departments. It, it sounded like there was inner conflict within the government about these recommendations. And she said, I need to get cross government um, 
collaboration for all of this. So when I met her and the other VSCP members, when we met her, we genuinely felt that she was coming from the best place. However, it felt like her hands were tied. And again, that's my opinion. Um, but I just wanted to let everybody out there know that, you know, as ministers go, as, you know, whoever, home sex go, Theresa May and her seem to get it other than any other home set that we've had. Yes. And in a simplistic way, hearing what you're saying, how great would it be all the time Suella's there as the head, that she actually had a member from each of those different areas you were speaking from in her team. So she has a meeting and they all join up and then go off into their different sections. How fantastic would that be? Well, I think this cross ministerial group that she's put together, I think that is exactly what should be happening. They all meet, they, they discuss, according to this report, that's what should happen. They all discuss child protection across all of their different areas of expertise. Mm -hmm. They come together, work together, and then they feed back into her. Um, but that's not the same as having a child protection authority. So think of the health and safety executive, the HSE. It yes. started off tiny. Yes. It looked at one area, yeah? And now all companies, every single company has to be signed up to the health and safety executive. Yeah. And if you don't do what they say as per their policies, their procedures, their legislation, you're hammered, you're fined, yes. you're closed down, whatever. That's what we wanted the CPA to be doing, a job like that. Yeah. Can you? And that's why we're saying what they're saying is, is going to work, ain't going to work. That's no. what we're saying. Yes. Because it's not got the same impact. Impact. Absolutely. Absolutely. We are running out of time, Chris, because we're now not 30 minutes. We have extended to an hour on our episodes although we kept that quiet. We're on Mint Wave Radio, on all podcast platforms and YouTube. We are going to have to wrap up. So what are okay. your last thoughts, Chris, before we wrap up? There's so many things that are now coming into my head that I needed to say and I didn't have time to say it, but I just wanted to just mandatory reporting, okay? We can do a whole podcast on that and I think we should. However, Mandate Now have always pushed for mandatory reporting and they know everything about everything about mandatory reporting, the, the fours, the knots, you know, what will work, what won't work um, and in depth. So if anyone wants to look at mandatory reporting in more detail, go to Mandate Now and check out all of their stuff um, because if you've got questions, they'll have the answers. Yes, absolutely. And it would be lovely to get Suella Braverman as a guest, but I think uh, she won't. She might, <laughs> no, but that would have been lovely. However, we will be having a guest very soon. From yeah, the not name, not, let's not name at the moment. Okay, okay. Just in case let's it just doesn't say, happen. Yeah, let's yep. just say watch this space. Space, yeah. Yes, yeah. because it is important. My last thoughts, well, like you, there's a multitude of things more that I wanted to say. However, just really want to reiterate, 
reiterate once again, thank you to you and everybody else that was involved officially within the inquiry, but also thank you to everybody, and that includes myself and you, because I know you took part personally as well, who was one of the voices that shared their own story to enable this report to be published and this research to take part. There are ongoing investigations from this as well. Obviously, we won't be able to say anything further. Um, so thank you. And there is actually some park benches that have been um, put in place around the country. They're starting to come up more and more. And I noticed that you went there last week to visit one, didn't you? I did. I had a very heavy week last week and I was meant to be going to this bench for a few weeks now because it's in our local, our local borough where we were brought up. Yeah. Um, it's, so it's in Beckenham. It's in Eden Park in Beckenham and it's a legacy bench. And um, even though it was meant to be put in place last October before the inquiry wrapped up, I had to fight for a further four months calling on the mayor the councillors, the park people, just to get that park bench in place, because I know how important it is to have that tangible legacy for some victim and survivors. And also, you know, once the inquiry disappears out of the news, any news around it, once it disappears, no one's going to know that that inquiry ever existed until you find the park bench, you scan the QR code, you read the comments, and then it will all come up exactly why the inquiry was fought for what it did and the outcomes of it all and all of the ongoing um things that are happening right from now onwards so yeah it's important to have that tangible legacy in my opinion absolutely and i'm looking forward to visiting several of them so if anybody comes across one of those benches please take a picture and if you'd like to take a picture with yourself included and send it to us we're breaking the cycle two step forward at gmail.com we're on facebook we're on twitter and we're on instagram and we would love to hear and see more of those benches and those spaces because this is part of how we keep the conversation live and for some people they don't have to have a conversation let's just keep those images going and um, be out in the fresh air for some self-care yeah and also Bev there is a website dedicated to the legacy benches so it's I think it you just type in it's a legacy benches and it'll come up okay and I'll add that as another link as well <laughs> okay lovely wonderful <laughs> well it's goodbye from me and Chris it's goodbye from you now yeah, we could carry is. on talking about this we can and there will be more to follow because we won't be kept silent but we are coming to an end and thank you for listening bye, -bye. You, everyone bye till next time